All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. I'm not afraid. Yeah. It's been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Now, some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out. Follow me. I'll get you there. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them. Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. So fuck the world, feed it beans. It's gassed up. If it thinks it's stopping me, I'm gonna be what I set out to be. Without a doubt, undoubtedly. And all those who look down on me, I'm tearing down your balcony. No way fans of bust, don't try to ask him why. From Infinite down to the last relapse album He's still sitting whether he's on salary Paid hourly until he bows out Or he shits his bowels out of him Whatever comes first, for better or worse He's married to the game, like a fuck you for Christmas His gift is a curse Forget the earth, he's got the urge to pull his dick from the dirt And fuck the whole universe I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid To take a stand, take a stand Everybody, everybody Come take my hand I shouldn't have to rhyme these words in the rhythm for you to know it's a rap You said you was king, you lied through your teeth For that, fuck your feelings Instead of getting crowned, you're getting capped And to the fans, I'll never let you down again, I'm back I promise to never go back on that promise In fact, let's be honest, at last we last CD was aired Perhaps I ran them accents into the ground Relax, I ain't going back to that now All I'm trying to say is get back, quick, clap, clap Cause I ain't playing around It's a game called Circle and I don't know how I'm way too up to back down But I think I'm still trying to figure this crap out Thought I had it mapped out but I guess I didn't This fucking black cloud still follows me around But it's time to exercise these demons These motherfuckers are doing jumping jacks now I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid To take a stand, take a stand I probably did it subliminally for you So I could come back a brand new me You helped see me through And don't even realize what you did Believe me, you I've been through the ringer But they can do little to the middle finger I think I got a tear in my eye I feel like the king of my world Haters can make like bees When no stingers and rock dead No more beat flingers No more drama from now on I promise to focus solely on handling my responsibilities As a father so I solemnly swear To always treat this roof like my daughters And raise it You couldn't lift a single single on Cause the way I feel, I'm strong enough to go to the club or the corner park And lift the whole liquor counter up, cause I'm raising the bar I shoot for the moon, but I'm too busy gazing at stars I feel amazing and I'm, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid To take a stand, take a stand Everybody 
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you've not had a chance to check out our first book, The 13-Step Guide to Success, it is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback versions. If you're going through some hard times, you don't have to go it alone. Phone a friend and chat it out. If you don't want to take talk to a friend because you, you feel like you're putting a burden on them or you're embarrassed, call the crisis hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you're a veteran, press 1. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps. Also, download the Military Broadcast Radio app to follow our family of shows. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with the latest episodes of The Misfit Nation and also allow you to hear the amazing stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a mental health coach, professional speaker, podcast host of The Dylan Experience, entrepreneur, combat veteran, and author of the book, Defy the Darkness, a story of suicide, mental health, and overcoming your hardest battles. In January 2020, Dylan began speaking on TikTok about mental health and trauma. By 2022, he has accumulated more than half a million followers, supporting his daily content centered around having a realistic conversation about things like mental health, abuse, trauma, self-harm, and suicide. His relentless pursuit has allowed him to impact the lives of millions while also developing a platform to help society rethink human connection and mental health. So without further ado, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, Dylan Sessler. How you doing, Dylan? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for agreeing to, to sit with us here on the Misfit Nation and share your story with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your, your backstory from as far back as you want to go to when you joined the military, what you did in the military, and how we got to where we are now. Well, I am still in the military. Uh, I still, uh, still, still love just going to drill every month. I'm National Guard. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sniper section leader in the Wisconsin National Guard right now. Um, I have been, God, it's been 14 years now as of January. Uh, you know, can't slow down now. But uh, my story really starts probably about six years old when uh, my, my father committed suicide. Um, there was, you know, there was a, a really big void kind of shifted into my life at that point in time. And that was really, if you go back all the way to, to six years old, that was the reason that I joined the military. It was my story really starts there and really develops this overwhelming sense of a need to fill that void. And what I did was after my dad died, I, I made a rule, very simple, not going to end up like my dad. So I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to do tobacco. I'm not going to do drugs and I'm not going to commit suicide. And those four rules really uh, made my life pretty simple, right? I was going to, I was going to follow those and I was going to be fine. Um, but it turns out like when I developed all of the guilt and the shame around that suicide of feeling like I was responsible for my father's death, um, you know, obviously illogical, but I was six years old and I didn't have any other way to process it. So that's what I clung to. I found myself committing probably the worst act I could probably commit to myself and focusing and obsessing over suicide. And that's kind of where the military came in as I was, I was molded around this idea that I had to do something honorable in some way. And that's what I did. I chose the military, but in many ways I chose the military 
more to die than to do anything else with it. Um, obviously, that since has changed, but it was the primary driver behind me joining the military itself. And, you know, in, in my own experience, it's, it's more common than you'd expect is that people join the military in a, in a way, a roundabout way to find a way out right? Find a way to, um, you know, get away from the, the difficulties of life and create some sense of simplicity or way to just escape the world. Um, the military kind of becomes that way of going out in the best way you can. Um, and that's really where my story starts, you know, six years old. Um, you know, it's clearly not ended yet, but in 2015, it nearly did. After my first deployment, I, I kind of found myself in a pretty rough place mental, uh, mentally uh, where I tore my ACL, my left ACL, right when I got back from Afghanistan. Spent about seven to eight months in uh, Fort Knox just recuperating and trying to, to recover from surgery completely alone. Um, and I found myself completely isolated. Um, I, learned a lot, I learned about isolation far before or COVID ever hit us. And it, it beat me up. It destroyed me in many ways. And I came home shaken, uh, not only from my deployment, but from this time alone, where I, I started to feel like I was worthless, started to feel like I was a burden on people. Um, I, I came back from that injury. And then almost exactly a year later, I tore my, my other ACL. Um, and then going through that whole process all over again. And then a year later, I tore my, my, my right ACL again. So I tore three ACLs. I only have two of them and I replaced two of them. Um, and it was, it was right around right before I tore my third one where I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see a way forward. I couldn't see a path forward. Um, and that's when I almost committed suicide. It's when I almost ended my own life with, uh, with my Glock 34. I just found myself sitting on my, my hallway floor, um, just contemplating what to do next. And that was, uh, that was where I kind of looked at myself and I had to ask myself the question, how did, how did you get here? You know, and, and dig into that incredibly painful, you know, traumatic, rough uh, narrative of what my life has been up until that point and realize that how I told that story was really the problem in, in all of it, because all I could see was how I was failing people that weren't necessarily even watching, failing people who weren't necessarily even alive, right? I was trying to make my father proud in a way that, you know, he was never going to see me, um, you know, and, and, and be able to talk to me about it and be able to tell me and give me that validation I was looking for. Um, and so that's when I really started to, you know, realize if I don't change, I'm, I'm going to die. Right. And that's, that's when all of this kind of started. Why you see me here in front of you today is very simply because when I was one millimeter away from pulling that trigger, I didn't, you know, and some people might look at that and say, that's, you know, you were a coward, but in many ways, the ability to hold that off, to stem that, that overwhelming rush of emotion is an incredibly powerful use of your emotions. Um, one that is, is very much linked to our desire for life. Um, and regardless of how painful life is, 
innately we want to live, we want to survive and we want to keep going. Um, and that's what I learned that day is, you know, March of 2015, it was, it was the moment when I realized that my life had some form of purpose. And if I didn't really step into it, I wouldn't understand it. I would never realize that potential that was within me. And here I am, you know, seven years later, I've got a book, I've got millions of follow. you know, I've, I've got almost a, a 600,000 followers, I've got millions of likes on TikTok. And I'd, I could care less about any of that. What's more important to me is that I have a wife that I never would have met. I have a I have a stepson that I never would have met. I'm about to have a daughter that I never would have met. You know, I'm about to experience so many things in life. And I have already experienced so many things in life. I never would have had the chance to had that, you know, one millimeter gone the other way. You know, it's, and that's really where, you know, certainly my story isn't ended, but that's where it is right now. And that's, that's where I've come from. That's a tremendous journey you've been on. I mean, start off at six years old and have to go through what you went through at that at a tender young age. And uh, like you said, not having those things around you to push you in the right direction, thinking the, the way you did going through life. And then fast forwarding all the way up to 2015, when you almost came full circle and, and did the same thing, basically. Uh, I'm glad you didn't because you wouldn't be here right now. You're not a coward for not pulling the trigger. If that that that's another stigma of the whole mental health thing. If if you do it, you're a coward. If you don't do it, you're a coward. If you go get help, you're a coward. You're, you're not a coward. You're you're a survivor right now, and you're now you're showing why you're a survivor. You have a, a stepson. You have your wife, and pretty soon you're gonna have your hands full with a little girl. And that's 18 years of 18 years plus because when she starts dating. And gets that spouse, you have a lot of work to do on that way too. I'm, yeah. I'm here to tell you on that side. So it's a never-ending job with a daughter, and it's uh, not something uh, that you're programmed to do, but you'll learn it pretty quickly, especially with your leadership skills. I've had other veterans on here before who also went through that same journey you did uh, where they nearly ended it, and they felt there was a divine intervention that stopped them, both of them. It almost to the word, both of them said the same things. It, it was uh, mind-boggling that they had that, that side of light to stop, don't do it and move forward and with a purpose. And I think that's what you're doing now. And what led you to go on TikTok to let this out? You know, I, for a long time, <laughs> I, I just focused on me, right? Like the, the first, first two to three years were really just, I got to figure me out. I've got to understand who I am. Um, but in, in the back of my mind, I always felt like, in this process, I have a story to share. I have a narrative to expose and help people understand because I've always been that person that, you know, I, I never said a lot, but what I said was important. You know, I, I wasn't someone that was going to fill the room with a hundred thousand words. I was going to fill a room with a hundred words and make them count. Um, and I've always been that person and I've always been quiet and yet my words matter, right? Like when I, when I work with people, when I meet people, people are, you know, are in many ways so surprised when they hear me talk about the things that I talk about, um, that it makes a difference. And so in all this process, I felt like I needed to share these words. 
you know, I needed to get this stuff out. I needed to put this message forward because I didn't see anybody talking about it when I was growing up. I didn't hear anyone talking about how hard this was, what it was like to lose a parent, what it was like to go through trauma, what it was like to live with PTSD, whether you knew it or not, um, what it was like to think about suicide every day of your life for 20 years. You know, I, I didn't hear these people talking about these things, you know, and so I did, right? And, and when, when it came down to it, I started becoming more confident. I, I was doing more research. I was becoming more self, uh, you know, self-confident, which was developing my self-worth. And, and, you know, in many ways, you probably know the same thing. It's like when you, when you first start, you have no idea what you're doing. But when you, you know, you get 20 episodes in your podcast under your belt, well, it was the same thing for me. You know, you, you develop this sense of the message is more important than my feelings or my comfort. And so I'm going to figure this out. And so you, you just, you stand in the pocket and you take the hits when you need to take the hits. And when you get down to it, you ultimately see the benefits you know, in the long run of helping people of, of being able to really understand things yourself. I think all of us are sitting here trying to understand what life really is. What, what is life supposed to provide me? What are we supposed to do with this, this thing called life? And I think we all wonder that at some point, but we don't really often get a chance to share it with the world and talk about it and expose like the reality that it's not just about, you know, achieving your dreams, you're also going to be utterly heartbroken, utterly destroyed and defeated at times in your life. And how do you how do you work through that? You know, and I, I just wanted to open up the conversation. You know, that's where it started. I was like, you know what, I don't hear people talking about this on TikTok. So I'm going to do it. And <laughs> lo, lo and behold, people wanted to talk about it. And people wanted to hear about it. And I just kept going. And here I am. I mean, as you know, there's a, a lot of people who do have issues with their mental health. And uh, I think when you got on that platform, a lot of those people that were on there doing dances and challenges finally heard something worthwhile and said, hey, let me listen to this guy. And he's actually going to help me. You may not of your 600,000. If you if you actually successfully get one of them to think things through, that's a that's a victory. Yeah. And I'm sure you're getting you're, you're touching a lot more than one of the 600,000. As you said, you had like a million likes on there. So somewhere in there, your, your message is getting across and helping uh, those out there who were afraid to reach out for help. Like I said in the opening monologue, if you don't feel like you're a burden to your friends by calling them and asking them to chat, they'll answer the phone and they'll chat with you. Most people say, call me if you have something. They don't really mean it, but a lot of people do mean it. And they want you to call. And they want you to say, they want to talk to you because so they don't want to not have you. And I think that's the biggest thing. It, so. Did you go to schooling to become a mental health coach or did you use your experiences to become a coach or a combination? You know, I, I, I would say a combination. I, I like to downplay my, my study of sociology. You know, I, I've, I've, I got a, an undergraduate degree in sociology and then I went for my, my graduate degree, but then I had to go to Afghanistan. So I only I have one semester left of studying uh, sociology, but I don't think I'm going to finish it just because I'm very happy where I am. Um, and so that was really beneficial in, in understanding humans, right? Understanding how we operate and how we work. Um, but a lot of what I do now is very much experiential, right? It's very much 
in my own research, you know, I've read the very same books that a lot of PhD uh, psychology students will will read. And so I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not a certified support specialist in any capacity, but I'm not stupid, right? And it's certainly helping. It's certainly working. Um, I don't tell people what to do. I help people understand the consequences of their actions and their thoughts. Um, and I help you develop your own sense of self-reliance, just like I've done with myself. And I think that's a, an incredibly healthy thing to do is develop your self, sense of self-reliance on you and your identity. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things that you brought up was like, people want to hear from you and people want to talk to you. Um, and sometimes the reality is not always the case at the time, right? And so you might, you know, you're, some people aren't wrong when they call and they don't get an answer. Um, but at the same time, there's a piece of you that can, can develop that sense of self-reliance where maybe you don't get an answer, but maybe you don't need an answer because you can work your way through that. Or maybe you can travel down a different route to figure out how to move forward, right? I think social media is a very connecting place. Um, as much as a lot of people like to discredit it for being disconnecting, there's, there's you know, almost 600,000 people that follow me that find a way to continue living because of some of the content that I post, which means that maybe you need to find a different way rather than calling this person, maybe you DM or you reach out to someone that can connect in another way. Um, you know, we have a remarkable network of, of socially connected support people, right? Mental health coaches, um, just influencers in general, podcast hosts like yourself, like there's information everywhere that can help you solve your problem. And there's people having these conversations every single day on, you know, seven second videos, 13 minute videos, podcasts, right? Uh, audiobooks, like all of these conversations are being had. You just have to find them. And I, I like to help people understand that it doesn't take a psychologist to help you overcome what you're going through. It takes your own willingness to be reliant on yourself, to trust in yourself in a time where you've never known how to trust yourself. Well, I want to help people do that. I want to help people find the trust in themselves like I've found that because I'm, I'm proof. I'm living proof that this is possible, right? I still have, you know, I still have the nine millimeter round right next to me that I, that I didn't shoot myself with, right? That's living proof of me still being here. You know, I found it a couple of years ago when we moved and, and I keep it here, right? Because that's, that's my, my totem of you're never going to do that again. You know, and it's, I, I promise you it's possible, but you have to find some form of self-reliance and self-trust and self-confidence in yourself. And that it takes tenacity. It takes, it takes effort. It takes work and it certainly takes research. And that's what I've done. That's amazing. And uh, it's amazing that the reach 10 years ago, we wouldn't think the reach would be there yep. as, as much as you have right now, or any of us have just by all these platforms like from social media, podcasting, or where's little videos here and there on YouTube and such that reach now is global. You're, you're reaching people all over the world, not just in the United States, not just near your neck of the woods in uh, Wisconsin. You're, you're hitting everybody. And uh, 
that's a testament to where these platforms can take you on the positive side. Yeah, there's negativity and there's negative stuff to everything we do in life. Right. Social media is just one of those things to complain about. You can't blame social media on everything that happens to you in your life if you're, the, you're a part of the problem too. So if you can heal yourself from within, just like you said, you can get through those negative things to make them positives as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and your job in the military, a, a sniper, sniper section leader, that's a very, it's a stressful job for what you have to do. You have to make sure your section is on, on point, hidden, hidden and uh, away from the enemy, and while also hunting down an enemy that you don't know and yeah. uh, eliminating them before they hurt any of your friends or, or your peers. So that's a job, even after you were injured and went through this, you're still doing it. So that's a testament to your tenacity right there. Yeah, I went through I went through sniper school last year. Um, so it's it's a new it's a new job, but it's not a new workload. Um, I've always been a, a precision rifle shooter for probably the last decade and and change. Um, but my I, I like to think of my work as as quite paradoxical. It's it's very much very much different. Like one one hand, I'm very much taking life, and on the other hand, I'm very much trying to save it. Um, and I, I find that kind of ironic when I, when I really think about it. Um, and I, I still have yet to have yet to really kind of think my way through that one. It's very, it's very interesting to me. Almost like you live in yin and yang at the same time. Yeah. So you can, that could be your next book, yin and yang, that, that picture of you just swirling from, uh, camis to just like I dress now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I think both are fundamentally necessary right as 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 humans that you know as 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 wonderful and and ideal as we like to think society is it doesn't take away the fact that nature is our greatest enemy right it's certainly we may we may look at ourselves as our greatest enemy but at any point a, a rock from outer space can come hurling at our planet and guess what nature killed us not humans right it's like we we don't really think on the scale of what can really destroy humanity. And I, I, I think it's, it's very important for us to be tenacious, to be ready to fight for ourselves. And in many ways, there's curative powers in being able to fight for yourself. And yet there's also incredibly important factors in being emotional, being soft. You know, there's, there's both hard and soft. And I think you need to be be able to balance both to have a, a happy life in some regard, if that's what you're looking for, you know? Right. And I think it, that helps your mindset, your mindfulness can get you to that center piece while doing both right and left limits at the same time and bring, bring all things to one. And you'll be doing that soon. When you have a, a little girl in your house, you'll have left, right limits and your head will be spinning. So it'll be great. So just, Keep, keep on your toes. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know how to do anything else. Watch, watch out for Barbie shoes. <laughs> That's the one hint I'll give you right now. <laughs> that one's free. They're like, I'm guessing they're like Legos probably. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. Uh, That's how I found out I had plantar fasciitis. <laughs> Oof, brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, you also showed that you can bounce back. I mean, three ACL injuries, uh, tears. Uh, there's professional players that don't come back from that able to do their job. Yeah. You've, you've come back. Sniper school is not easy. You had to use your legs in sniper school. Uh, That's, it seems like all we did in sniper school was use our legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
and the ACL happens to be in the legs for those listening and don't know, don't know anatomy too well, but the ACL is in your legs and it's very important to you able to carry load or, or move or pivot off a leg. And you were able to do that. And I'm sure I know modern medicine's great, but I'm sure there was still some tinging and, and thinking about it while you're going through it. It's man, it's a challenge, you know, and, and I, I elected to do a cadaver ACL. And so what that, what that means is I took someone else's ACL, uh, someone who, who unfortunately passed. Um, I took their ACL and meshed it with mine. Right. And so they've replaced it with mine. Um, and so that process is, is incredibly difficult because it takes longer for the cell structure to actually, you know, like be mine. Uh, right. It takes about a year. Um, and so if you tear that ACL within, you know, within about two years, you basically can't get the surgery again for another, like, it's like three years. Like you oh, want to, wow. you know, you want to get to that three year mark and you're pretty good. Um, luckily for me, right. I tore my left ACL and that was good. That one stayed, but my, my right knee became more, more weak because of it. I partially tore my right ACL that year later. And then I fully tore my ACL uh, another year later. So I kind of, it was about the best of both worlds, right? Where I, I was able to, you know, survive long enough and tear that one. And then I didn't tear it again. Um, but man, the first, the, the first three, four months is like, you're, you're learning to walk again, Wow! right? You have, you, you go into surgery and your leg completely atrophies um, and you're, you have no muscle. And so you're walking on basically a straight leg for, uh, for th- two to three months until you get range of motion. And it's, it's like, you're, you're flexing that, that muscle just to get it even, even remotely working. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest with you for three years, I thought I was going to get kicked out of the army. And that was, you know, at the time it was, it was the scariest thing I'd ever been through. <laughs> like, I, I, it's funny. Like I, I went to Afghanistan certainly there was fear there, but it was never like there was, there was such a almost invincibility or carefree kind of attitude of like, I don't even care if I die, but then I get home and I tear my ACL and I'm like, I'm afraid to lose this thing. This, this, this piece of structure in my life where I have all of my, my closest friends, I, you know, all my guys that I deployed with, I'm like, these are my people. They get me. They understand me. They spent a year with me and they have, they have my back. I'm afraid to lose this. Um, and so in many ways that like inspired me to, to just drive on, to work through this. And I did, I tried to do it all right as, as much as I can. Um, you know, it's my left knee has been great. My right knee's always kind of been a struggle, but it's been, it's surviving. Um, I, I'm, I know I'm going to pay for that later in life, but, uh, I'm still going, you know, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, it's been a crazy ride with all of this. I'm certainly not to my, you know, I'm not 22 anymore. Um, but, but I can hold my own. I can ruck, you know, just like anybody else. Um, and sniper sniper school is rough because all they do literally it's like leg day every single day. Yes. Um, and, and you're carrying a pack, you're carrying a 30, 40 pound pack and a 20 pound rifle and just rucking everywhere. So it's definitely a challenge, but uh, one that I, I definitely relish. 
leg day every day and the, the world's uh, craziest game of hide and seek. Yep. <laughs> oh man, it's brutal <laughs> trying to trying to crawl through Arkansas. Oh, wow. All it all it is is like you know you think it's grass, but it's not because they have that. Um, it, it's almost like a shale rock. And so the grass is just growing on top of it. And every time you're, you're crawling through, you're jamming your knees on rocks that you never, never knew were there. It's brutal. Here you are. Now you can laugh about it until you send one of your soldiers there and tell them, have, have fun, buddy. Yep. Pretty much. Remember when I came back laughing and hurt? Yep. You come back soon with it. <laughs> if I can do it at 31, I think there's a lot of guys out there that should be able to, to figure it out. That's right. Well, Dylan, it's been uh, great uh, listening to your story, your journey. Uh, I, I, I've learned a lot from you. I'm, I'm motivated by you. Uh, you're tenacious. You're, your ability to see where things are moving in the world and get on that platform and use it to for good is that's something that should be applauded. And I think you don't stop doing it, of course, and uh, keep doing it for the reasons you're doing it. How does someone get in contact with you either to follow you on TikTok or just to chat with you like I am now. Well, you can, you can look me up on, on TikTok. It's just my name, Dylan underscore Sessler. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, I'm on YouTube. Um, I've got my own podcast, the Dylan experience. I've got my book. Uh, it's on Amazon mostly, but it's also on target.com. Everything, everything, everywhere else that sells books, basically. Uh, yeah, just just Google me. You'll probably find me. But my my website's DylanSessler.com. So pretty, pretty straightforward. Awesome. Uh, thanks again for coming on and sharing your journey with us. Uh, I'll probably ask you to come back on again in the future as we uh, see what goes on in the world. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to appreciate awesome. having me on. No problem, brother. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.
Hey! 